Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. It was a friendship struck up with an Australian colleague in Britain and then a trial placement in rural New South Wales that led Dr Robin Williams and his family to move here permanently. He's now happily ensconced in Molong, population 1700, in the central west of the state, splitting his work time between the local hospital and his general practice. Dr Williams is living the dream of a varied and engaging professional life that provides cradle-to-the-grave care for his patients and basking under what he calls Australia's big skies. He talks to Jeff Waters about how, most importantly, he's proud of the support he provides to keep his community thriving. But he starts by recounting why it is he decided to become a doctor. When I was sort of 15, 16... I just had a chat with my father and he said, well, you know, what about the law? What about finance? And I decided I actually wanted to do something that was useful to other people, not wishing to disparage those professions, obviously. <laughs> but um, I, I felt it was more important to do something that um, was re- a real benefit to our fellow man and womankind. So I, I had to make a decision to do the sciences because... At that stage, to get into medical school in, in Britain, which was usually at 18, 19, uh, you usually had to do physics and chemistry, biology or maths. So even though I was more interested at 15, 16 in history, geography and economics, I switched to do physics, chemistry and biology and was fortunate enough to uh, do well enough to get into medical school in London in uh, Charing Cross Hospital, a green new doctor. Well, you're very fortunate to be bright enough to swap to subjects that you weren't that interested in but still do well enough to qualify for medicine. That's uh, amazing. Well done. Well, I think a part of that too was that at that stage in the UK, especially the London schools, they always interviewed and they always used to look for people who just weren't always real academic high performers but maybe more generalists and I think that that's probably I don't think you need to be Einstein to do medicine but I think it probably helps if you can talk to people. And speaking of generalists what was it that influenced you to choose general practice? I think that as soon as uh, we started to hit the wards in medical school which is year three of the curriculum it's sort of it's sciences to the first two years and then you, you go on the ward in the third fourth or fifth year and and rotate through different specialities. And what made me think the general practice was a thing for me was I, I liked the idea of being a cradle-to-the-grave doctor, getting to know my patients longitudinally rather than episodic, which is what specialities are all about, you know, especially see people, they've got a problem, they fix that problem, and then they're discharged. Whereas I like the idea of actually getting to know my patients over a number of years, seeing where they fitted in in their communities and their, and their families and also the huge variety the variety in general practice is you never know what's going to come in through the door 
So consequently, it's a great challenge. And, and I, I really enjoyed that sort of um, the rigor that you can apply to that to really think about what you're dealing with in front of you. That's what I really like to talk to people. And how would you describe your current role? Very much as it was really when I started. I, I, when I did my uh, training in, in London, I went straight back to Wales and did my first house jobs there. I did a GP training scheme, which I went through a variety of different uh, disciplines. So my paediatrics and my obstetrics and gynecology, general medicine, bit of psychiatry, bit of emergency, some clinics in dermatology, ophthalmology and ENT, as well as two practices where I did general practice. And that gave me a, a wide range of experience and I'm still using that now in dealing with basically anything that comes in through the door. And I also think, you know, living rurally, it is an aging population that we have. So consequently, it's inevitable really that uh, we have more older patients to look after, which is I thoroughly enjoy because you can always learn something new from older members of our society. Speaking of living in the country, what was it that brought you to Australia, Robin? Well, I went into medical school, as I said, straight from school. So I qualified as a doctor at 23. By the time I'd done my intern years and my three years of general practice training, that took me to 27. By then, I was married to Nicola and she was a, a registered nurse. I was just turning 28. We weren't ready to settle down for what we at that time thought would be the next 35 years in one locality. So we thought, why don't we travel a bit? Um, and my registrar, when I did obstetrics, was Australian doing his post-fellowship position as a senior registrar in North Wales. And in the middle of the night while we were, um, you know, he was doing diseases and I was assisting, we talk and, and he said, well, why don't you have a year in Australia before you come and settle down? So we came out and did six months in Dubbo at the base hospital there, which is where that specialist was. And then at that time, they at the end of those two terms, they sent me out to smaller towns like Gulgong and Dunedoo, where I locumed well to give relief to the GPs who are going away on leave. And we, we both, Nicola and I, loved the Central West. And so we, when we went back, which was at the end of 1986, kept on you know, grey mornings in, in Wales. You'd look out and think, hmm. And you sort of keep on imagining the big skies in Dubbo which were invariably blue. So by then we had two young children in, and we came back in 1992 on a sabbatical back to Golgong, which I worked with Glenis Caterson there originally and then came back for six months before our children were ready to go to school. Loved it again. So we had to, a bit of wrangling to get through some of the, um, the paperwork. So 1997, we actually emigrated. By then we had a third child, Ellen, who's now up in Brisbane. So our little family of uh, Nicola and myself, Sadris and our daughters, Lair and Ellen, we emigrated to Gulgong in 1997 and thoroughly enjoyed our 10 years there before we moved on to Molong about 16 years ago. Why Molong? What is it about Molong that you like so much? Well, it's we were driving through Molong for a flute lesson um, our middle daughter, Leia, was a, is a flautist, and we were travelling to Dubbo every week for flute lessons. 
and uh, her teacher moved to Grafton, so she didn't have a, a flute teacher in Dubbo. And Nicholas Schnecker, who um, is a world-renowned flautist and lives in just outside Molon, agreed to take Leia on while we got ourselves sorted out with a teacher in Orange. And every time we came over to Molon, we'd pass the hospital. And Nicholas said, well, if you want to, why don't we start a practice in Molon where you can still have your hospital, which I really enjoy. We can live between Molon and Orange. The girls can go to school. We're not having to board and um, see how it goes. So in the end of 2006, we moved. I travelled back to Gulgong for a few months while we wound things up there. And then I started a practice from scratch in Molong in July of 2007. And it's a great community to work in. The hospital is a fantastic facility. It's had a, an upgrade in recent years. So I'm able to practice what I really love, which is this cradle to the grave medicine. And I'm able to look after my patients, obviously really complicated patients we send through to Orange. But if you've got a community acquired pneumonia or an elderly patient that's, you know, got a little bit of delirium, you can put them into Molong, look after them there. And it's a great form of general practice. I really enjoy that side, the hospital, as well as the practice-based work. And Robin, what's the most rewarding thing for you about working as a rural GP or VMO? I think the real thing about it is that that you really feel that you're making a a difference to your community. If we weren't here to look after our our community, then our our patients would have to travel. Well, in in the case of Yoel, they'd have to travel 40-odd cases to Wellington in in Molong. They'd have to travel into Orange. And the farmers and and other workers who who make Molong their home, they produce the food which goes onto the table of of our city folk. And they need equity of access. They need good medical care. And they really are pleased that we, we are able to provide that. And they're able to carry on doing their work, which is vital in the national interest. And that we don't end up just siloing everything into the bigger towns. But also, on a clinical side you can pick up such interesting medicine or do interesting medicine because you're not you're not just referring on to specialists or just writing prescriptions as I think the metro GPs end up doing. Because a lot of a lot of GPs there are just expected to refer on to the big tertiary centres. We as GPs in the country actually are the generalists of the past. We see everything we have to manage a lot ourselves with a lot of support from our specialty colleagues in in Orange and Dubbo but I think we do more of the interesting stuff. Are there any other areas of medicine you've sought additional training in that adds to your everyday practice? Well as I said when I first started we had a pretty robust training on top of all of all of that, all of my colleagues do go into sort of subspeciality. Uh, I probably my subspeciality, if you like, has been on more of the governance side of things, so non-clinical work, strategic thinking. So I sat on a number of boards from the Rural Doctors Network. I've chaired also the Dubbo Plains Division of General Practice. I chaired that too, and and also the Western New South Wales Local Health District, which is state government and looks after all the hospitals. I was chair of that for six years. And now now I'm a chair of the uh, 
primary health network for Western New South Wales. And that's very, very enjoyable work. It's a strategic side of things. And it's about a whole of system. And I find that that really is a great challenge. It allows me to use a totally different side of my brain, I think, than call it that. Can you tell me a bit about the Virtual Rural Generalist Service and how it supports your work? That's an absolute lifesaver because at the moment I'm the only visiting medical officer in Mowon. And because of the demands of on call and getting up in the middle of the night, I'm getting to the stage in my life where I would not be able to do hospital work if I didn't have the VGRS to support us. So I look after my inpatients four days a week round the clock and I also look after the emergency department four days a week in hours and then the rest of the week at the moment I'm having to go in every day and do my ward round but once I've done that work and cleared up whatever's in in emergency I'm off which means I can still have a family life I can still do normal things without the uh, the phone going all the time and certainly uh, the on-call now with VGRS, you can have time, you can have downtime, you can avoid burnout. And I think if we didn't have the virtual system in place, I would have had to say a long time ago, I can't do the hospital as well because it's just going to burn me out. What sort of personal qualities do you think are advantageous to working in general practice? Oh, I think you've got to like people. And I think, you know, a lot of, uh, if you don't like the story of your patients and understand what you're there for. I don't think you can really be a good general practitioner. You've got to be really good at listening rather than giving out advice because you're the professional. I'm a great believer in the adage that, you know, if you let patients talk for long enough, they'll give you the answer of what's wrong with them. What advice would you give to a JMO considering a career as a GP? I think you've got to know what you're coming into. And I, and I think that a lot, of, a lot of newer doctors probably don't realise how all-consuming general practice can become. But the rewards of doing it well are huge as well. Dr. Robin Williams, GP at Molong Hospital in New South Wales. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.